Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember, you were swagging jacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Welcome back here on 88.3 WHT's After Further Review. I'm Derek Lawson here with David, the man of God Harris. Getting to some of our final segments here with David. Haven't heard from him in a couple of weeks. Here's that Michael Allen and Jan Baxter with Outhouse off of Michael Jordan's Playground. Have you ever watched that video before, David? Michael Jordan's Playground? No, I can't say I have. Oh, Lord, David. We're talking about the NBA you got Michael Jordan's Come Fly With Me, Michael Jordan's Playground, Michael Jordan's Airtime. Um, there's the other one that kind of chronicles the 1996 season. And then I think it's Michael Jordan. And then there's Michael Jordan Rare Air, um, basically chron- chronicling his uh, retirement in 93 to a short stint in baseball and that magical 70 win season in 96. I don't know if they all go all the way to the championship. I think they kind of uh, they talk about the comeback but I don't know if they show the, the actual championship when them win the championship in 96. I think the video came out like in the middle of the season actually. But anyway, Michael Jordan's Playground, Michael Jordan Come Fly With Me, and Michael Jordan Airtime were probably my three best uh Michael Jordan videos that I, I actually love. I actually had them on VHS. That's uh, dating myself, but you can actually, uh, yeah, give us some style. Uh, that's dating myself. As I, now on, you can look at them on YouTube. But guess what we're gonna get into? Uh, we're gonna get into some NBA predictions. And uh, uh, David, you know, let us know. I, I kind of want to know how you're trying to get in some of these NBA in these uh, predictions, but guess what? what we're going to do first, though, uh, when we get in these NBA predictions, as always, we try to get play the original, the original music right here. I do know that this is on Fox Sports, but this is John Tesh's Round Ball Classic. And uh, this was on NBA on NBC from the 90s. So this is what I remember it from, once again, dating myself. But, David, let's get into some of these NBA predictions. I want to hear this. All right, so just wanted to do some, you know, way too early contenders, pretenders. knowing uh, that Already? Part. After eight games? But go ahead. Yeah, you can, you can start to see some trends and some of these will make a little bit more sense than others. Mm-hmm. Let's start with one of those. Teams that we always saw on NBA or NBC, one of my first contenders, the Phoenix Suns. Like, I was, I was skeptical. I'll be the first to say I was. I didn't know how the Chris Paul experiment would work, kind of with him, Booker, Aiden, some of those young pieces, kind of losing some of their more seasoned veterans. I didn't know what Phoenix would look like, but it seems like Phoenix is a team that is a legitimate threat to the Lakers. And, again, is it the fact that it's 
just Chris Paul coming in. I think it's a little bit more, but having a leader like Chris Paul in the locker room and on the court kind of really brings out the potential for everyone involved. And it's evident to see if you're if you don't think that Phoenix Suns are for real this season. I mean, they're they're going to be a tough out to beat. And again, this is of course barring injury, but yeah, the Phoenix Suns are going to be tough to beat in the West, uh, even think, with. I think they've gotten better. I do. I do agree with you. The Chris Paul and Devin Booker um, combination is something. DeAndre Ayton, I think he fits well with 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 Chris Paul because. Chris Paul one likes to distribute, and he wants he, he since he's hanging around the rim, he'll get a lot of lobs. This is almost kind of a remake, sort of. I want to say all the way of the L.A. Clippers with Lob City. I think though they, the the difference between that is one the Devin Booker factor, where he's a really elite guard that can really play some basketball. Some some are saying though that this could be almost like the reinvention of the Steve Nash sons to an extent, but just a little bit more talented and a little bit bigger. Remember Steve Nash's sons kind of except I don't know if Shaq was with Steve Nash or not, but he was in his out of his prime. But this is a little bit bigger team, um, but. Once again, the team is young, and as everyone knows, you got to go through those playoff woes and those playoff lessons. And I think that's where, if you want to say they're going to contend with the Lakers on paper, talent-wise, they could. But nothing really replaces playoff experience, and the Suns don't have it. And I think if they do meet the Lakers, if we're trying to look far ahead, I think that's the edge that the Lakers will have on them. That's just my yeah, thought. And no, and I would I would agree with that. I think that's kind of where the Chris Paul factor comes in. You know, well, he's only by Chris himself. Has his, <laughs> he's by yeah. himself. Yeah, but I can see this similar to kind of how the Nuggets were last year. But so the Suns this year are like the Nuggets last year, but having Chris Paul as that veteran experience who at least has been through the playoff grind. He may not have gotten far, obviously, kind of his most notable – kind of with Houston, they got that run, and then he got hurt. But I think just having some of that playoff experience just to be able to kind of either calm down or have that extra voice in the huddle kind of when the game is close, late in the third, early in the fourth quarter, when you kind of need that rally. And I think that's where some of that veteran Chris Paul kind of, okay, yes, you guys have not been here before, but here's here's something that you can do. Let's calm down. Let's build up the intensity and not kind of let that youthfulness just kind of cause them to play a little, I don't want to say wild, but kind of kind of play into that youthful kind of youthfulness. Yeah, and I'm 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 looking at the at this roster here and I, I think DeAndre Ayton, not bad. I think that Devin Booker, uh, obviously an all-star talent, and you got an all-star talent in Chris Paul. But the problem is, after that, who else is scoring? And you got a lot of guys like Javon Carter, really good guy that comes in off the bench. Jay Crowder, another good team guy that contribute a little bit. I think you're one maybe dynamic player away from really saying this is a championship team. I think it's a lot of youth on this team, but I don't know 
for some teams that they're going to have enough firepower to stay with teams. Like even like Houston. Can you stay with the firepower of Houston? You might have to face Houston sometime in the playoffs. They might knock them off. So um, early on, they're 6-2. and two. They look good, but mm, this is one of those teams, kind of like the Browns. You know, our resurgence, if you, if you, if you get into the playoffs and you get to maybe the fifth seed in the playoffs, that, that is a great improvement and a great season for the Suns. But to tell you that they're going to be contenders, mm, I think that's stretching it just a little bit. But continue. Sticking in the West, the other contender I wanted to lift up for the Dallas Mavericks, and I think this is particularly because as Luka Doncic improves, this team is going to get leaps and bounds better. Because he's already kind of a top 10 player. Some people have him top five in this league. And as he, one, matures, and two, gets closer and closer to kind of being in a elite elite, kind of up there, like, consistently. And a lot of people have him there already. But, yeah, I just think as he matures, this Dallas team is going to get better. And they have pieces, kind of, they have, I don't want to say similar to Phoenix where they have, like, superstars, but they don't really have that kind of veteran that's been there before that can, like, in situations like in the playoffs, kind of let's go. I mean, it's Luka and Kristoff, like, kind of your two quote-unquote stars. You have veterans like a Josh Richardson, like a James Johnson, like a Jalen Brunson, like guys that have had experience like in crunch time game-winning situations in college, but in the league it's a totally different ballgame. And so I think that's where, similar to how Phoenix is, kind of getting into the playoffs, will that inexperience kind of be their hindrance? Can And can they get another piece, per se, to kind of take them over the hump? Because they can't just see Luka. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I I think that's totally true. And I'm looking at the standings right now, and the Dallas Mavericks are in the ninth seed. So I don't know where you're getting contender from. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't see it. Um, I will say Phoenix is number one right now in the Western Conference, and with the, with the Clippers and everything. I just think it's too early now to be predicting pretenders and contenders because, as you know, it's a 72 game season. I mean, I you know. Early on, if you were to tell me Denver and Houston would be doing really well, they're towards almost the bottom with Minnesota and Memphis. Now, there's there's, here's a few changes though with the NBA season. It was a big. This is something from TNT that got brought up. You do realize now with with, with COVID, it's almost like they're playing some of the some of the games are like baseball series where you're playing back-to-backs, kind of like the old NBA schedule almost back 30 years ago, late 80s, early 90s, where uh, back then it was kind of a home-and-home where, you know, you play at one arena one night and the next night you're playing at the other arena to kind of limit the travel a little bit, especially because they were flying commercial back then. Now they all got private jets. But now because of COVID and to limit the travel, uh, there's times where you will go to a city – and playing back to back like Boston did it with Detroit. Sometimes I I really think this can be a little deceiving because if you're one one if one if you're one of the top teams in the league, let's like take for instance the Lakers. The Lakers can end up playing 
the I think and they did one time. The Lakers in the, on their schedule actually ended up yeah, they played the Grizzlies twice at the Grizzle Pit. You know, now they now that just recently they lost to the Spurs. Um they're playing the Bulls coming up next, but think about it. You play the Grizzlies twice. Um, there's going to be certain times on the on the road you're going to be playing the Timberwolves twice or the Timberwolves at home. Well, those are two easy wins. And so, so some teams are going to stack up on teams early on. So I think some records are going to be a little distorted. Um, for instance, they played the Spurs twice. They beat them twice, and then they just played them once, and they lost. Obviously, they lost the Trailblazers. So this year is going to be a very interesting year. I will tell you this, though. The, the, the Chicago Bulls, are going to be a pretty average team. No pretenders. Uh, a little bit better there with Billy Donovan, but I've been watching them. There's some kind of chemistry that's not theirs. You know, Zach Levine can really score. Kobe Kobe White can really score, but they don't really have really a prominent point guard to really distribute the rock to both of them. Um, Wendell Carter has decent nights i don't think he really knows how to play basketball that well doesn't really finish around the rim and makes some very poor decisions with the basketball um they'll probably be at the bottom of the pack possibly but they'll be fun to watch but it's very frustrating because they've got some talent but it just something just doesn't fit i will say this though i think some of the surprise teams you're going to be seeing this year is the New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Those are two teams I think you're going to need to be really watching this year. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be contenders, but their cultures are starting to turn around with Thibodeau and J.B. Bickerstaff to the point where they'll be up in the mix, at least in the playoff mix. I will say this, though. I really feel bad for John Beeline because I think if he had this Cleveland Cavaliers team, I think he'd still be there. Unfortunately, I think there were some guys there that were part of the old LeBron era veterans that didn't really want to buy into a system and kind of infiltrated that kind of bad energy to the younger players who were just in the league and thought that that's how you're supposed to be a, treat a coach and be very unprofessional. And uh, I think that pretty much pushed Beeline out. But I think a couple of those guys that were there last year are no longer there anymore and you can tell it's a totally different team. By the way, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies without Colin Sexton or Darius Garland, which I'm going to put the prediction out here right now. I think Darius Garland's going to be a guy who's very talented, but it's going to be very injury-riddled career. Um, but Colin Sexton is, man, he is very proficient, especially inside the three-point line. But those are two teams I'm saying on a watch. I don't know right now who's going to be contenders and pretenders because to me, it's too early to tell. I just can tell who's going to actually be teams that have actually kind of turned around. They're not going to be seller dwellers anymore. Continue. First, uh, kind of jumping up to the East, we'll stay kind of in the five boroughs. I have the Nets as a contender just because kind of when, like, I don't know who's going to take the game-winning shot, but... Well, that, well... Actually, yes, you but, do. Yeah, either are... either one superstar is out with Corona contact tracing, or the other one just doesn't feel like playing. I, I yes. think the Nets. I'll tell you this. I think this Nets experiment is going to be a disaster, especially with Kyrie Irving. Nothing goes right with this guy. There's just something about him that you know, not telling the coach that you're not going to play, and then you end up, you know, they end up winning anyway. And and I, and I really think that the Nets are going to be better off without Kyrie Irving. I understand they want to sit up there and say, well, yeah, we're, you know, he's a extremely a great talent, but there's some bad juju there. You're only in seventh place. 
bad juju. The last couple places he's been at, Boston, bad juju. I, I don't know. It's, I, there's something about that, not telling the coach that you're not going to be. If you don't want to feel like playing, that's one thing. You tell the players, but at least you got to tell Steve Nash, a Hall of Famer, to give him a heads up, especially in that New York media market. I, I think Brooklyn might come up short for you. I don't know if I see them as contenders. Yeah. And, and that's going to be my that's going to be my million dollar question heading because even at the beginning of the season it was going to be and we talked about it on the show how will Kyrie and KV operate together because there's only one basketball and now it seems as though kind of well, I don't think that's the question I don't think that's the question I think they can work well together as the as talents it's the other BS on paper. You're right. They should be contenders. On paper, they should get to the finals. But we all know that Kyrie brings a different element and a different vibe to the team, and you don't know what Kyrie's going to come up with. You don't know if he's going to be jealous of KD, if KD goes off, or he wants to be the man, or he feels like playing, or he wants to come up with his own narrative with the media. I, who knows? But it's just stupid stuff that's going to infiltrate that locker room. Not to mention, too, I will say this, David. One big hit that they took is Spencer Dinwiddie going down with an ACL injury. That's going to hurt them because he's a solid, solid player that if Kyrie wasn't there, he could have filled in his spot. Now, not be a superstar, but at least would have been uh, sufficient to, to, to be productive. And then now that you push him towards the bench, he's a really great bench player that gives you production. Losing him, I think, is going to really hurt the Nets. Yeah, and kind of coming in to this, Kind of season, the question was about Kyrie, but yeah, it's all about the pieces around him because in other places it's always been okay if Kyrie goes out, all these other pieces around him seem to play better. But then when he comes back, there's chemistry issues, tension, and yeah, it's not it's not looking good kind of in terms of preseason. Do I think that they'll turn it around and be a top four team in the East? Yes, because the East is so wide open. But it's going to be interesting come playoff time, kind of what, like whether there is going to be an implosion or something's going to happen. Um, my final contender out of the East, or second, I should say second, because there's a couple more, but another one, one to lift up was Indiana. Mm-hmm. And I just like the, I just like the core of Oladipo, Turner, Savona. And then having Brogdon as a point guard that kind of can, be a facilitator and help out defensively. We saw last year kind of P.J. Warren kind of come into national spotlight. Well, he's done, and though. T.J. Warren's out, though, with an injury. With the, yeah, toe, but, with the toe injury, I believe. But yeah, so even kind of without Warren, you still have depth there that I think can – because they can keep that nucleus healthy, and that's going to be a million-dollar question, especially with all the people who's had injuries kind of in the past. I think they could easily be a top fourteen. I think Sabonis is really turning into kind of a dominant force that can kind of stretch the floor. We know what Oladipo can be. Kind of when he's on, he's a top. 15 player in this league. I just like what Indiana's doing. A lot of people are going to say the same thing about Orlando. But I think kind of how Markel Fultz was really kind of 
he was going well. He was finally kind of playing how we thought he would be kind of coming into the league in terms of kind of being an offensive playmaker. And then he goes down. So Who? I just don't know what. Markel Fultz. Yeah, he went out with an ACL injury a couple nights ago. So yeah, I think I think because of that, then it's going to be a lot of pressure put on Cole Anthony. I think he can live up to it, but I just think kind of that might drop the magic down a couple places. And again, this is way too early anyway. Yeah, it's way, so it'll be interesting it's, to see. It's way too early. Miami Heat aren't even in the top eight seed. You got Atlanta Hawks with Trigger Trey Trey. Younger Ice Trey. Um, also, he has on his team, uh, I believe his name is John Collins, who who I think I believe averaged around 18 points a game last year. Uh, I'll look his name up real quick. I've been watching a lot of league pass since we've been down a lot. And John Collins, number 20, he's a power forward, 6'9", out of uh, Wake Forest. Uh, really good around the, the rim. Uh, Kevin Herter, a good three-point shooter as well. Um, Cam Reddish. I think he's just going to be an average NBA player. I don't think he'll ever do any big hype with him. Makes me wonder how his motor goes. But they got Rajon Rondo, uh, really, um, and it's kind of crazy. Actually, Rajon Rondo makes more money than uh, Trey Young. Uh, but solid point guard coming off the bench, just won a championship with the um, Lakers. Uh, Gallinari will also be really good as well for the Hawks. So, like I said, I think the East is, like you mentioned, is going to be wide open. Um, any teams can compete for it, but I, I really want to say that the, the new the new school teams that you got to look out for is New York, Cleveland. They'll probably be battling for playoff spots between the 6th and the 8th seed in Atlanta. Um, Washington is just straight, but Detroit, oof, awful, awful, awful. And Toronto looks like they're kind of falling off after two years ago with, with, with Kawhi kind of becoming an average team charlotte still has a ways to go um so it, it'll be interesting to see but i think miami once they get their stride going they'll end up somewhere in that top eight or so milwaukee still has to be someone to, to contend with as well um but like i said i think it's too early i don't i don't really start doing pretenders and contenders until at least after 20 games and especially this year with only 72 games i usually that's when i start making the predictions yeah, and kind of real quick, I just had the Knicks as a pretender just because of the Knicks, and they're going to find some way to implode. I don't know. With Tom because, Thibodeau, I don't think so. They're not going to find a way to implode. I don't. I, well, that's, that's that's just me with Tom Thibodeau. He's going to get those kids to work hard every night. If if they do implode, it's the fact that either they get tired of them or they have injuries, which has been known with which has been known with Thibodeau. Remember, I'm a Bulls fan. I remember him coaching. He he was a heck of a coach. But a lot of times he would run the players into the ground to the point where they would just get injury riddled. And, you, you know, you start losing players to injury, it, it's going to be tough. So that's the only way I think the Knicks will implode is if they start getting a lot of nagging injuries and guys in and out of the lineup. That's where the implosion comes. But if they're young, so if they stick together and they play hard, do I think they'll contend for a championship? No. But do I think they can get a playoff spot between the six and eight seed? Yes. Yeah, and and I think kind of for me, the pretender is, is that youth because they're like the veterans. Julius Randle is playing lights out of his mind recently. Austin Rivers, and I guess you can throw in Earl Noel and Reggie Bullock in there. But like kind of like the primary contributors, kind of thinking about Julius Randle and Austin Rivers being like those two kind of senior leaders, and both of those are relatively young. I think it's because of their youth that 
kind of eventually teams are going to get tape on them. And like you said, I just it's going to be interesting kind of how Tibbs works with them. Yeah. That, that's a good matchup. It's a good marriage. Um, another quick pretender that I had out of the West, the Warriors. Steph, Steph has had too much. Like, he's carrying the entire state of California at this point. He, like, he can't do this by himself. Like, I know that they're 4-4 four and four right now. He was like half the Western Conference is 4-4, four and four, but, like, Dre got to do something. I mean, well, we, Andrew we, Wiggins we needs to step. He needs to step up. He's, Wiseman is going to do what he does as a rookie. He's actually doing a pretty fine job inside. But if the if the if the Warriors do want to win, they got to get a big night from from Seth. And what kind of sucks is that Clay Thompson's not there. Clay Thompson was there. I think that they'd be a bona fide playoff team. But without him there, now that you, you once again you they can be a playoff team, but you, you're scrapping between the fifth and the eighth seed again. And as you mentioned before, Draymond Green does need to step up. He, he's proven that he couldn't really do much when Clay and Steph were gone and, and, and elevate that team. Uh, um, plays his role well, but no, I, 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 something with Draymond. I mean, I like Draymond. I think he's got, got a great personality, uh, but he's not really an elite player. He, he's a he's a really great role guy that I think got elevated on a team because obviously when you got Durant, you got clay you got steph you get a lot more open looks and everything when you got those three guys on the floor and it's just easy for you to go out and play basketball but it gets a lot tougher when you start losing guys and you start moving up the depth chart and more being focused on and i just think that's what's going on with draymond green he's just a, a, a guy that was a great role guy on a great team who was able to get a lot of open shots get a lot of rebounds because everyone had their focus on everyone else yeah, like this this season, he's shooting eighteen point two percent from the field. Like that's that's bad. Yeah, that's very bad. I mean, I, but yeah, like this team, like I just don't know if Steph can keep this up because if he goes down, it's basically well, they're back they're to where thinking, they were last year. If yeah, he goes down, number one, number two overall pick because Kelly Oubre, like he's not cutting it. He's like you we. Andrew Wiggins, we keep coming back to him. It's like he's not cutting it. They're role guys. Like, they're not. They're not numbered. You know, Wiggins is a great three guy. I mean, he was proven that in Minnesota he wasn't going to be the. Jimmy Butler kind of exposed him when he was in Minnesota. Wiggins is just not a guy that you know is going to be a number one or a number two. He's going to be a guy that comes in, gives you some production, but he's not going to go out and just rip up a game. Or he's not going to be like a Clay Thompson where every two to three games he's just on fire he's the leading scorer him and Steph trade off being the man that's that's not Wiggins Wiggins comes in does what he does and that's it not, not you're not gonna get any more you're not gonna get any less yeah and it's kind of team with a similar kind of train of thought like well not even similar train of thought but thinking about the Rockets with James Harden, John Wallace, there. Like, I don't know. Like, you have James Harden kind of in his drama, John Wallace coming back. He's kind of, sort of playing similar to kind of how he was when he was kind of at the top of his game. But I just don't know what's going to be this fallout 
with Houston because now players are like teammates are disgruntled with James Harden. He wants out, but not really. They're not going to let him. They're going to trade him. It's it's a train wreck, mm-hmm. and I just don't know how Houston like who they can, what they can do to kind of reset because they they need a reset. Yeah, those are some quick pretenders contenders. Shout out to those teams that eight games in, kind of were playing well, looking well. Hate to see some of these injuries, especially for some of the younger players. Thinking about John Moran in particular, because uh, that really stifled what the Grizzlies wanted to do. But yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, David, uh, I guess that'll do it for this segment here. Oh, 88.3 WXUT. Uh, any, anything you're doing for the weekend or anything? Uh, it's wild card weekend. A lot of football in the tube. We got some basketball back, so NBA's in full swing and getting ready for what would be a fun wild card and national championship weekend. That, that, that is true. Um, also, did you, did you actually uh, chime in last week with the NFL Pick'em? Or you, no, I did not. Oh, you missed out. Okay, so we got the final scores for the weekend, or for the actual NFL pick. I went through week 17. Uh, I ended up winning, by the way, uh, with 148 points. Big week, though, for Frank the Tank. He had 16 points. He wanted to do the wild card weekend, but since you didn't didn't get involved, you ended up with 123. It would have been really interesting to do the wild card weekend, but since you didn't get involved and get more points, it was really close, though, but Frank... Uh, regular season stats overall, uh, actually I had 10 points on week 17. Frank had 16 points week 17. Then overall, I had 148. Frank beat you out by four points because you took the week off at 127. You had 123. Uh, man, now if you would have participated, I'm sure you would have got a lot of picks right. We would have went into wild card weekend. But with Frank being down 21 points and only so many games, a wild card weekend is almost pointless to be really doing this. So I ended up being the champion, uh, so to speak, with the NFL pick'em. Yeah, okay. Congratulations to you. We'll come back, kind of regroup and be prepared. We figured, you know, holiday. I'm in the giving mood. Right. So. Well, David, man, thanks so much again for calling, and always a pleasure doing segments with you, man. And have a good weekend. All right. All right. You as well. All right. See you next week. Yep. That was David, the man of God Harris here on the phone lines. What we're going to do is, uh, man, almost two hours with my man. Take a quick commercial break. When we return, we'll have more on After Further Room. Make sure you always, always check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, WHD's After Further Review. If you got an iPhone, subscribe to us, and you can get right to our segments. We'll always try to post them up throughout the week right after the shows also if you have an android you can get on uh, soundcloud um also wxut's after further review sports show on facebook and then afr sports show is our twitter handle uh we'll take a quick commercial break we'll return more action in sports discussion on 88.3 wxt's after further review we'll be back after this mm-hmm. 